Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. God makes this place happen because he's gifted us differently. Now, I can't be prideful. We've already talked about that. If somebody's in the limelight is no more worth at all than somebody that's behind the scenes. It takes all of this thing to happen. We're equal, we're valuable, and yet we're diverse. And God, the only way for this place to happen, this place to be successful, is all of us functioning with our gifts in unity. When it comes to mechanical devices functioning properly, it's important that each individual part is operating in unity. As soon as one part begins to break down or fail, the rest of the unit is sure to follow suit. This is especially true when it comes to unity within the body of Christ. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach us the importance of unity within the church. In our message, we learn that each of us offers a unique asset to the body of Christ. But without unity, our efficiency is often hindered. By coming together in unity, we can make a better impact for the kingdom of God, as we learn from Pastor Mark. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 4, with his continuing study entitled, I Will Make You Just Like Me, Jesus. Life is unbelievably short. We never know. So Jesus says, cast the net. Cast it, because people are lost. All I care about is, is people. Now, here's an ad, and uh, I'm going to run through it really quickly. It's, uh, it's an ad, uh, I don't even know where I found it. I found it like three years ago, and I've already put it on the webpage, so you might like it. But this is a, an ad in Jerusalem Times back in the year 2000. You want to be a follower of Jesus Christ? Look what it says. Kingdom workers needed immediately. Many openings are available. All may apply. Equal opportunity employer. Diverse backgrounds are helpful. The prospect market has great potentials. You remember the fields are white to harvest. On the job training will be provided. I like the next one. Each worker will be given a very detailed training manual. Updated chapters are currently in progress. <laughs> you say, what do you mean? The Bible's changing? No, this is before the Bible was put together. Understand? Now, what about the qualifications? What is it required to be a follower of Jesus Christ this morning? Everyone one of you are asked to be one. Here's what it is. Belief in the kingdom of God and desire to follow the leader, Jesus. You can't be your own leader. I have to follow him. Next. I like this one. A great car. No, no. Good walking shoes. Remember how many miles we talked about? Willing to travel frequently. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus, you're going to hit spiritual warfare. What are you going to do with that? Notice what it says. No fear of demons, contagious diseases, or storms. Hey, Pete, remember that one? 
Pete that always opened his mouth, but remember, because of his boldness, who's the only one that got out of the boat? Pete. Next. If you, by the way, if you're going to be in any kind of leadership as a parent at work, for sure a pastor, this one you have to understand. Must have a soft heart, yet a very thick skin, able to stand religious criticism. See, I learned that because my dad was a pastor, never thinking I'd be a pastor. Do you understand how this church operates? We have elders and pastors. In fact, we're praying for more elders right now. But God puts a human in control. Of course, he's control of me. And I don't operate as a dictator by far. We operate as a team. But there has to be a leader. So when God speaks to me, of course, I clear everything with all the other groups and so forth. And if we have to debate it, we debate it and do all those things and pray about it. But when God speaks to me, then we go this direction. And sometimes people they go, well, we shouldn't go that direction. Well, you have to have a soft heart, but you have to have tough skin. Because see, if I love God, I, and this sounds contradictory, I can't be a people pleaser. I love people, but I can't have people direct my life. Input, yes, but my ultimate input has to come from God. So if you're going to be in leadership, just like a parent, as a teenage parent, whoo, you're on I mean, your kids hate you. Is that true? They hate you. Later, when they get 21, 22, get some brains back, they're going to love you. It just takes, it's a hard time. It's a hard time. Okay? Understand. Next, not afraid of long hours and hard work. When I look for somebody that's going to come on staff, elder, pastor, hiring somebody, if the first question those people say is, like, how many breaks do you get a day? Uh, next. I'm looking for somebody else. This is not a job. This is a calling. Do you realize how many people were here last week in all three services? <laughs> Great job. You mean I've got to serve three times? Well, we're back to the duty and obligation, aren't we? But we don't have that here. We've got lovely people. Next. I'm willing to be challenged and stressed beyond your natural abilities. What happens? Well, I've got all this ability. God can use me. Next. He will. But he'll go way beyond your natural ability. And finally, only those willing to make a firm commitment should apply. Relate that this week. Go on the webpage. Look at it. Ask yourself how you fit in with that. The next thing is team focus. Team focus. When Jesus picked his team, notice he didn't just pick two followers. He expands it to 12. Later, he expands it actually to 70. Later, we have 120 in the upper room, and then it just expands again and again and again. Why? Well, God made the church as a body, as a body. And I won't take time this morning, but in Romans chapter 12, if you'd like to use homework, Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 8, Paul just says this. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's bodies. We are all parts of one body and each of us has different work to do. And since we are all in the body of Christ, we belong to each other and each of us needs all the others. And it goes through there and talks about the ability of, of serving, of teaching, of leading, of giving, of prophesying, of, of having faith, all of those things. So what does that mean this morning? Out here, take a look at all of you. We're a team. God makes this place happen because he's gifted us differently. Now, I can't be prideful. We've already talked about that. If somebody's in the limelight is no more worth at all than somebody that's behind the scenes. It takes all of this thing to happen. We're equal, we're valuable, and yet we're diverse. And God, the only way for this place to happen, 
this place to be successful is all of us functioning with our gifts in unity. And I want to challenge you this morning. If you've been in this church more than six months, you ought to be able on your piece of paper to write down where you serve in ministry in this church. Well, Pastor Mark, I, I just come to be fed. I, no, if you come to be fed and don't serve, here's what happens. Watch. You get useless. You get useless. See, the way you grow is serve. God's gifted every single one of you. And we need all of your gifts. Find a place to serve. I already told you, we need more helpers in Awana, parking lot, ushers. Well, find a place. Well, do I have to? Don't. Wrong attitude. Can you imagine meeting a visitor this morning? I mean, a greeter this morning. Hi, how are you? When you get in here, I'm tired of talking to people this morning. <laughs> well, that filled the church up real quick. But I'm serious. If you've been here more than six months, can you write where you serve? If you can't, and by the way, I don't know. There's too many people serving. But you know, and God's gifted you. We're a body. If you take a thumb off your hand, if you ever clip your thumb off, try to do something with this hand. You can't pick things up. You see, and you may be the thumb out there that's missing to a great area of ministry. We have over 90 of them, but you may be the thumb. You say, well, I don't really matter. I'm just a thumb. We need thumbs. God gifted you. Now, what happened last weekend? How did this place take place last weekend? How was this everything successful last weekend? And this weekend? And every weekend? And all the way during the week? How did this place happen? Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of you did what? You served. Kudos again. This is a thank you week. You did incredible. Can you imagine last week being a parking lot attendant? You know, many of you are in this service. We, we were told that the parking went on Minton all the way down around the corner where Publix was in a line to try to get into this place. Can you imagine being... But see, if those guys in the parking lot were going... Nah, 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 they were joyful. They were there. And I know you obeyed them perfectly. <laughs> just, just a little challenge. Because the parking lot people, and I want you to understand this, are just as important as I am. Because they have equal worth. We just have different gifts. Just different gifts. That's all. Sound, media, I can't, all of them. Kids ministry. We had a thousand children last weekend. Who's going to teach those? Well, we don't want a kid about, who, who kids about? Kids, 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 kids. Man, do they get bombarded during the week? They need people that love them. And that's what they have there. Next. We go to verse 23 and it brings up, we have two more to go through and we're almost through. Spiritually, actually one more. Spiritually balanced. Spiritually balanced. I'm going to give you four more notes to write. Look at verse 23. Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching. In your Bibles, you can write these little notes. I'll do it fairly quickly. Over teaching, write number one. Number one. Teaching in the synagogues. Over preaching, write number two. Preaching the good news of the kingdom. Over healing, write number three. And healing every disease and sickness among the people. And news about him, circle this word, spread over all Syria. And people brought to him 
All who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures and paralyzed, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Verse 25. Circle these first two words. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. What do I mean by that the ministry of Jesus in our ministry should be balanced? Number one. Balance and ministering to Jews and Gentiles. You see, the area of Galilee was filled with Gentiles. The Gentiles. And some Jews. Notice the word Decapolis. That was a Greek area filled with pagans. So when Jesus ministered, he was ministering to mostly Jews, because that was his primary thing, but also Gentiles. It's a balanced ministry. You and I balance ourselves in all of this. Number two. Notice all the diseases, the pain, the seizures, the demons, the hopeless, the depressed. That means that Jesus was balanced in body, soul, and spirit. You see, this morning, man is a three-part being. You have a body, it gets sick. You have a soul, a psyche, emotional problems. And we have a spirit that, if you're not a Christian, is spiritually sick. And, of course, some even demon-possessed. Jesus knew he had to touch that ministry in all three parts, in all three parts. Now, I want you to see this picture, and I want to relate it to you. You see, a church is like an emergency room or a hospital. If you've ever been in the emergency room and it's been a disastrous day or whatever, and of course, I used, as I said, I worked in hospitals forever. I, I was familiar with it. I used to work down in there. It's a tough place to be. Because you don't know what the next one is, and the next one, and the next one, and then you get the emergency call, and there's been a disaster, and, a, and just hurting people everywhere. Do you know in this building this morning, this is, a, this is a hospital. This is an emergency room. Jesus knew that. You see, he, was, he wasn't around wood. I mean, that was when he was a carpenter. He was around people. And people are body, soul, and spirit. So we get physically sick, we get spiritually sick, we get emotionally sick. So how would God minister balance to those people? Well, here's number three. Balanced in teaching and preaching and healing. I want you to notice the order, and I don't have time to develop this morning. If you watch a lot of, quote, Christian TV You'll find very often healing first. But notice the order that Jesus did. It says that he went teaching in their synagogues. Teaching is, well, just presenting the truth of God's word to the mind. It's to the mind. And then, of course, he preached. And preaching is that area of the heart it's taking the truth and urging people to obey so a teacher wants you to understand something and a preacher wants you to do it follow through with it that's my giftings probably 80 20 mostly teaching here's the truth here's what a disciple is here's here's all the things that it is the other 20 part is do it become a disciple get on the web 
do this and that. You say, oh, Pastor Mark, I don't like people to give me the do it part. If somebody doesn't give you the do it part, you don't do it. So that's why most pastor teachers are exactly that. They care for the sheep, they teach, and they preach. Some of you were raised in a church, all you were taught was very little because you were preached at every week. And over time, all you were preached at was the gospel. And you went to church week after week after week for 40 years, and all you heard was the salvation message. See, it's more than that. It's got to be the teaching of the word of God. And then, of course, healing. Healing. God heals. And Jesus knew that they needed healing supernaturally. God still heals today. But does God still heal today? Absolutely. And we're going to pray for that. Now, outside this church, are there any hurting people? By the way, are there any hurting people in the church? Is there anybody here this morning, don't raise your hand, hurting? Yes. Let me make a statement. Every single week, there are hurting people in this body. And if you've been coming here, let's say six months or a year, I guarantee you one weekend you came in here hurting. I've even come in here hurting. Maybe you slipped in this morning and you're hurting body, soul, or spirit. You need to be prayed for. You don't have to go into the detail, but you just, maybe even anointed with oil. You just, you're just hurting. Maybe try to make yourself inconspicuous. You have a nice face on, smile, everything. but man, you're hurting. This is a hospital. You see, Jesus cared for people, but it wasn't just in the church. He taught in the synagogues, but where else do you see him? In the marketplace. I want, at the count of three, for you to tell me the street you live on. That's all. Just shout it out in a moment, the street you live on, at the count of three. Here we go. One, two, three. Go. Good. Now, I didn't understand that, but God heard everything. The address you just gave is an emergency clinic in your neighborhood. Do you understand that? You see, hurting people are not just in here. They're in our neighborhoods. They're in our workplace. And they knock on the door and say, help. That's what you're there for. To care about people. That's why you're light in a dark place. So God says to us, help people. Teach, preach, heal, care, compassion. It was balanced. And number four, balanced in large crowds and the individual. I ask you to circle a word called large crowds. Why? Jesus' ministry caused large crowds. Do you know that people walked a hundred miles to meet Jesus? See, when I was raised, everything was about the neighborhood church, probably for you too. Little church, little neighborhood, you wouldn't drive 10 minutes past that neighborhood, you find a church in your neighborhood. Those days are gone. Those days are gone. Today, with the cars, we drive to wherever we're going to get fed and ministered to. And that's why the mega churches. All of a sudden, God has just raised up, and nothing wrong with a small neighborhood church. I don't mean that at all. But that isn't where it really is. That isn't the mentality anymore. I have no idea why God made this such a huge church. You know, if not the largest, certainly one of the top two or three largest in Brevard County. But we don't live in Miami. We don't live in Orlando. We don't live in L.A. So for West Melbourne, like 6,000 people is like, wow, this is weird. 
And here's the mentality. Listen to me very closely. Well, Pastor Mark, large is not good. Large is not good? Okay, Jesus said, that's enough. Don't come anymore. You came from where? 100 miles away? Go home somewhere. I'm not telling you. Large isn't good. No, large is good. As long as we care for the individual. Day of Pentecost, 3,000 saved. God came, and Pete, after the servant, said, Pete, don't preach like that again. It's too many people. <laughs> See, some of you have that mentality. We have people drive by here and go, oh, it's too big a church. It's too big a church. Too big a church for who? Have we even scratched the surface in Brevard County? We're getting ready. Over here's 1,500 new homes getting ready to be built. 1,500 times 2.2 kids or whatever. What do you got? Well, I hope they don't come here. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Then we'll have room. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm trying to say this morning? It's not about how big it gets. It's about the individual. And we can't have this. I have people say to me constantly that come from out of town. And they visit here. And some of them minister here. And they go, I can't believe this place is big. But so friendly. Yes. Good job. That's why we put this cafe in and all that kind of stuff with the chefs and stuff so you can hang together. Don't get offset with this crazy bigness. Bigness isn't bad. It's good. But the bottom line is not big. The bottom line is it's spiritually healthy. And it only gets that way if we teach. And you just heard my preaching. My preaching. And if we take care of the individual, I end with this. The question I started with. Is following Jesus, is it a boring obligation or is it an exciting adventure? Christian, I want to ask you this. Jesus sets the course. We simply follow him. Don't you set the course. I have no idea what God's going to do with this church. We'll probably start satellite churches and all kinds of stuff all over the place. I'm praying about a lot of things, so are the elders. So we'll just see what God does. But I don't set the course. God sets it. Same for your life. Well, God, I'll do this. No, no, you just say, God, I'll follow you wherever. Remember, availability, radical obedience. Well, that's out of my comfort zone. Good. You're really going to grow. Some of you here this morning are not yet a believer. You're not a follower. And I want to give you one statement and we're through. Why should you follow Jesus Christ? Two reasons. One, he's the only path that ends in heaven. Pastor Mark, I believe all roads lead to God. Then you will not end in heaven. Jesus himself said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. If you're here this morning and not a follower of Jesus Christ, will you say, well, I'm religious? Won't get you there. I belong to church. Won't get you there. I was raised X. Won't get you there. You got to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And second, it's the only path that brings enjoyment, purpose, meaning to life. See, following Jesus Christ is an incredible adventure. Today, Pastor Mark taught us the importance of unity within the body of Christ. Each and every one of us plays a different role within the church, but without unity, things can come to a halt rather quickly. In our message, Pastor Mark reflected on this crucial aspect of Christian fellowship and how it drastically affects our ministry for better or for worse. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now here's Josh with today's message number and title. Thanks. The message number from today's broadcast is 3337. And the title of this message is, I Will Make You Just Like Me, Jesus. Again, today's message is 3337, and the title is, I Will Make You Just Like Me, Jesus. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time on Lessons for Living, as Pastor Mark will teach us about what the Christian life should look like. In our study, we'll gain a contrast between the religious, irreligious, and those who have dedicated their life to Christ. We'll learn from Pastor Mark about the radical transformation that takes place in the lives of those who have been born again. In our message entitled, Get Ready to be Blessed. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue sharing with us from the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Yeah.